With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me, Jack Ball, is our podcast regular, Chris Errington. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jack. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yes. Ready to get this podcast started. Have you got some exciting news for us? I do. Just before we uh, start the podcast, we've got a new Facebook group dedicated to this podcast. Um, all you have to do is go on Facebook, search for the Argyle Chat podcast, and you'll find it. It's a place where you can hear the podcast, find out about guests, and most importantly, ask questions. And that could be whether we've got a guest coming on, you can ask questions for them. If you've got questions for us about Argyle or info about football in general, um, maybe stay away from Brexit. Uh, but anything in football-wise, send us a question and we'll try our best to answer. It'll be a good place for us all to chat and, and get all the stuff out there. So anything you want, get, that's the place to be. Also, we've got an Instagram page now, which we're trying our best to update when we can. Search for Plymouth Live Argyle on Instagram and we'll try and bring you some behind-the-scenes bits from our week and match days. I think the last post might be the back of Chris's head as we were recording the podcast last week. Yes. So content like that, why wouldn't you want to sign uh, up? I have been told the back of my head is my best feature, Jack, so, uh, so thank you for bringing it to public attention. <laughs> right, now that's all done, yeah. let's get back to this week's episode. Okay. Um, and I'm very excited to say that later in the show, we'll have an interview with Argyle legend and now Bristol Rovers manager, Graham Coughlin. But before that, Chris... 1-1 draw with Portsmouth at the weekend. Mm. Latest result for Argyle and what's been a, a really remarkable run. Yeah, well, we were both sat there on Saturday at Home Park, weren't we, Jack? And uh, the game got to half-time and I think we both looked at each other and thought, well, what happened? I mean, there was very little incident of note in that first half. Mm-hmm. It just felt to me like two teams that cancelled each other out. They played the same formation. Neither was prepared to take too many risks in the first half to try and score a goal. And it, you know, it felt like after about 10 or 15 minutes that if you'd offered to, to both managers, well, we'll just call it half-time now and we'll go in, they'd have probably taken that. Yeah. It, was, it was two teams that were just very, very cautious and it, it didn't make for a great spectacle in front of a 12,000 crowd. Fortunately, the second half was a bit more open. Portsmouth got the first goal and after that, I, I thought the last half an hour was... It was really exciting, fantastic stuff to watch, wasn't it? Well, Kenny Jackett said after the game it was a good advert. I think he was mm. talking about the second half. It was a good advert yeah. for League One football, and it really was. It was a really entertaining game. And yeah. you wouldn't have known there was much in the two teams in terms of league positioning, would you, from that game? No, I suppose Portsmouth have, have been struggling you know, for wins lately. I think it was that five games now yeah. without a win for them. And Argyle have been on a good run of form. So although the league positions would have suggested that Portsmouth should have won that game, you know, recent form would indicate mm-hmm. that maybe Argyle are, are, are faring as well as Portsmouth at the moment. So, I mean, the th- fact that we spoke about uh, on Saturday, Jack, and it is worth highlighting, is that you know, Portsmouth's attacking options are incredible. And you look at the, the attacking players they had on the bench, they brought on Ollie Hawkins. They didn't even bring on James Vaughan, a former <laughs> Premier League striker. And Brett Pittman, the League One top scorer from last season, didn't even make the squad. And Derek Adams mentioned that, didn't he, to he you did. in, his, in his post-match he did, he, press he, conference? He mentioned that, you know, Vaughan didn't, you know, didn't come on and... Uh, so they're blessed with attacking options. But, you know, I thought in the second half, certainly when Argyle got level at 1-1 with the Graham Carey free kick, which we'll talk about shortly, 
you know, I thought after Argyle scored, they had a really good go, and Portsmouth had to defend extremely well, blocks and, mm. and, and tackles and things like that, to stop Argyle from going on and winning it. But on balance, I don't know about you, but I, th- I think a draw was, was about the right yeah, result. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree. Mm. The interesting point going into the game, mm. <laughs> fan, people that listen to this now know we have a loose script. This isn't on them, but I'm just throwing this on Chris now. Mm. But Derek Adams changed his tactics for the Peterborough game to match the sort of diamond formation that he was expecting Darren Ferguson to play. Mm. That got Argyle the win. He went back to his usual system this time. Mm. Songo coming back in for Ryan Taylor. Mm. Is there something to be said for Derek Adams to try changing his tactics a little bit more? Does, do, do you think that's, that's helping them? Um, it certainly did against Peterborough when they matched up to them and it, it worked out really well. Uh, we asked Derek Adams after the game about you know switching back to 4-2-3-1 and having Jan Songo in there and he, he basically said, well, you'd have been foolish to try and take on Portsmouth with a diamond in, 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 in midfield, which is right because, you know, the two full-backs, um, Thompson and the, the left-back, whose name escapes me at the moment, but, you know, pushed forward. Mm-hmm. They had lots of pace and width and then you've got Jamal Lowe one side, Ronan Curtis the other. You know, playing a diamond would have been crazy. So, I mean, it has shown against Peterborough that Derek Adams is prepared to change his tactics. I mean, I think the 4-2-3-1 has worked well recently. And so I don't see him veering away from that too often, but clearly there are certain circumstances and games where it is advisable to, to try and maybe match up to the opposition, and, and they did that to, to good effect against Peterborough. So, yeah, you know, I think Derek Adams has shown that, that he is prepared to, to chop and change a little bit if he feels the need, although I never think he'll get far away from that 4 2 3 1. That is the the core of his football principles, I think. And you, you quite rightly said there that you don't think a 1-1 draw was a bad result or an unfair result, but Argyle did have a fair bit of pressure in the last 10 minutes and they could have easily nicked all three points. I yeah, I mean, they had a real good go after Carey's goal. Um, they put Portsmouth on the back foot, the crowd got behind them, you felt there was a bit of momentum behind Argyle. I think Ruben Lemire's had a decent chance, which mm-hmm. he put wide, um, and you know they had, they had a good go. So it, it was encouraging, and as a lot of people mentioned afterwards, if you'd said before the away game at Peterborough and a home game against Portsmouth, two teams in the top six, you'd get four points from those two games, everyone would have been happy with that. So you know, I think you have to look at that and think that that was, that was uh, as Graham Carey put it afterwards, a good week's work for Argyle. And I think as well, for me, one of the toughest bits about Argyle going through their troubles they went through going down the leagues was if you're in League 2 and now League 1 sometimes you don't get the biggest away crowd but Portsmouth always bring a good crowd and that adds to the atmosphere mm. you mentioned the Argyle fans were cheering Argyle on towards the end it was almost like a throwback a bit towards the Championship days it was a fantastic atmosphere I thought yeah I mean you can't beat a ground being full I know Home Park is only three sided at the moment mm. but when you sat there on Saturday and you're looking at the three stands in the, in the horseshoe at Home Park and they're all full you've got a, a full contingent of away fans the atmosphere is good. You know, the first half was a bit flat. You know, there's no getting away from it. But once the game cranked into life, I mean, it was it was two teams going for it, playing good football. Um, you know, no uh, histrionics, no gamesmanship, no time wasting. You know, Portsmouth was still going for the win at the end. They weren't, you know, thinking, well, it's 1-1, we're hanging on here. We'll just lump the ball forward and try and keep it in the corner. Because there are plenty of teams that would have gone 1-0 up like they did and then just tried to shut the game off. I can hear people screaming Wickham all over the place. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I'll let, I'll let them say that. But, um, but it was two teams going for it. And, yeah. it was, and some good quality players on show. You know, when, when you've got you know the likes of Carey and Lemires and, and the talented players that Portsmouth have got with Gareth Evans and people like that. You know, when you've got those sort of players playing well, you know, it, it should make for a good game of football. And, you know, I, I think... 
Although the first half wasn't the best, I'd be surprised if anyone went away from Hobart not feeling like they've got a good afternoon's entertainment out of it. And do you think Argo have any right to be competing with the likes of Portsmouth? Well, I mean, it's just incredible, really. Yeah, I mean, hmm. it's one thing for Argo, for Portsmouth to get a point, but for Argo hmm. to get a point out of that, when you compare the two teams, the wage bills and, and, and all that sort of stuff, I mean, it's, it's, it really is a remarkable result, really. I mean, Argo and Portsmouth have built up this rivalry over the last few years, you know, since Derek Adams has been manager. Um, I suppose traditionally, you know, Portsmouth have been a bigger, more successful club. I and mean, then it wasn't that long ago they won the FA Cup, for example. So I think, um, although Plymouth's a bigger city than Portsmouth, mm-hmm. you know, as football clubs, Portsmouth have got more history and yes. success in the past. So for Argyle to have been competing on level terms with Portsmouth over recent years is a good achievement. Mm. You could say that maybe Portsmouth are, or not maybe are, below the level they're more than capable of being at um, but uh, no there wasn't the, uh, the, you know when we went to Fratton Park in uh, September Jack, yeah. there was a big big golf that day you noticed it, it didn't you yeah there was a big golf in class that day this Saturday thankfully it was much much more competitive and closer Graham Carey scored obviously for the first time in 24 matches 24 matches am I right 24? yes 24 yeah. matches yeah and what a goal it was. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure if you recall, but I, I said it's about time he scored a free kick just as he was lying, I lining up. I don't recall that at all. I, I didn't say he would, but I remember saying it's about time. I probably yeah. said that a fair few times recently. Yeah. But anyway, he did score the free kick. Yeah. Um, and, and what a free kick. That is what we've come to know yeah. Glenn Carey being in past seasons, and it's great to see him doing it again. Yeah. And the thing that, the two good, one that he got his goal, and, and that's fantastic to see, but you could just see straight after the goal, the confidence just came flooding back. Uh, you know, into him, he looked a completely different player, and that I think bodes well for our goal because if he can build on that and, and play like he did in the last twenty minutes, you know, um, with Lemires, him, Sarsavik, and Ladapo, you know, that's that's giving our goal some good attacking options. I mean, I, I did a piece for um, the website yesterday where he's on forty-seven career goals. He's twenty-eighth. Uh, all time. I remember reading that piece. I couldn't believe he was that yeah. high. He's one behind Dwight Marshall and Sean McCarthy. Who and Sean McCarthy does a lot of work at Argyle still, doesn't he? He does. Commentating on the games. And they both <laughs> had two spells as players at the club. And he's two goals away from getting into the top 25 of all time. And three more goals gets into 50. And then you're in some pretty exalted company. So Because um, there's quite a few players on that sort of around there. So if he yeah. gets a... F- he gets above that. He's going to be quite high up that list. He is. He? he is. So you know, um, it, yeah, it was it was great free kick. Um, not much. I don't think the keeper could have done about it. it was just one of those you know mm-hmm. expertly taken free kicks. I know Portsmouth had some gripes about the award of the free kick, um, but uh, but the execution of the of the set piece was 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 brilliant. And it's it's just so good to see him. I mean, I've been quite critical of Kerry's mm. delivery from set pieces this season. I don't think it's been good enough. Mm. And it's good to see him getting back to it. And like you said, mm. hopefully that will give him some confidence. Yeah. Um, you spoke to him after the game. Mm. Was there a sense of relief about him? Did, did that come across, or was he just his cool, calm self? No, I mean, Charlie Price from Radio Devon started the interview by saying, you know, how pleased was he to have got his first goal and uh, for a while, and well, since the end of September. You know, who'd have thought Graham Kerry would mm. go from the end of September to sort of early February without scoring. Does that mean Argyle had a penalty in that time? Yeah, must have. Yeah. Which is... He doesn't have many penalties this season. <laughs> um, but, um, so Charlie said, you know, how pleased he was and he, he said it was more relief. Mm. And I think uh, he went on and said later in the interview that he felt like he owed the team a goal. Um, because, you know, in, f- in fairness to him, he's still had 10 assists this season and I don't think people could ever point a finger at Graham Carey and say he hasn't worked hard for the team. 
So I think the work rate's been there and the assists have been there. It's just getting the goals and getting the finishes. And he said maybe he'd been forcing things a little bit too much, you know, sometimes getting into positions and, you know, when you haven't scored for a while, you're probably just aiming for that very far corner. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're trying to be too precise rather than just get it on target and, and you know. And sometimes you, you snatch at chances, don't you, rather than really taking your time and thinking about it. And that's the, the thing, that having got a goal like that in a game like that, you know, because Graham Carey knows what the, the, the dockyard derby means to people and, and the, the importance of it to the Argyle fans. You know, having done that, then, you know, you would like to think that that could trigger Graham Carey and he's got 14 games for the rest of the season. And maybe he could go on a run and get you know four or five goals for Argyle, which would be really good, yeah. which would be really key for them. And then the good thing as well is, you know, in previous seasons, if opposition just marked Graham Carey, that would almost shut mm. Argyle down. But mm. now if they're mar- they've, um, they've been marking Lumiris a bit more understandably recently, yeah. Carey's now scored, and it's 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 a, it's a bit of a headache now for oppositions to prepare against. It, it, you, you can't if you're going to man mark Carey or put two on Carey, then you what you're going to do with Lumiris, mm. vice versa. And they're quite good at sometimes, they both pop up on the same side. Yeah. And then what do you do when you've got both of them sort of you know, interchanging and they're on the same side of the pitch? So um, yeah, the, the more of that that Argyle can get going, the, the, the better as far as I'm concerned. And finally, I don't need to give it a title, that bit of skill. Everyone will know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't notice it at the time because I was been really typing away and yeah. seeing the replay, yeah. it, it's, it's just fantastic stuff to watch, isn't it? It was amazing. Um, Chris Webb managed to get a, a four second video and the last time I looked, it had over a million views, which it's is incredible. phenomenal. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, it was a brilliant piece of skill. I saw one bit where there was a, from another view where, and I can't remember who 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 did it, so I apologise for not giving you a name check. But somebody had slots was in the Lindhurst stand and slowed it down. The yeah, actual, I saw that as well. And the, the bit I liked about it was one, you could have a really good view of, of the piece of skill, but you could see how the fans just got to their feet and started applauding. Mm. So it wasn't a goal or anything like that, but they, the fans saw that. And so that was a genuine getting people standing up out of their seats moment. And yeah, it was good. But it's no coincidence it came minutes after his goal. No coincidence at all. He was playing with confidence. And uh, it was interesting when we spoke to Graham afterwards, we sort of asked him about that. And he, he said that he was a, he was a bit miffed that uh, Nathan Thomas had blocked him off in the penalty area about five or 10 minutes earlier. And I do remember him sort of, uh, Graham Carey remonstrating with the referee about it. And um, he, he, he said that the, the bit of skill, whatever you want to call it, was uh, was getting his own back on uh, Nathan Thompson a bit. He was, uh, I think he was fired up. He got the goal, yeah. he was fired up. He wanted to prove a point. And uh, yeah, it was a great bit of skill. And I bet he's got a bit of stick off his Portsmouth teammates since uh, that, that footage has been leaked. Well, you know, it's... Dressing room banter and all that. Dressing room, I mean, you know, what, what can you do? Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. To you? I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, as, as everyone said, you know, if that had been in the prem, a live Premier League game or something like that, you would have never seen the last of it. And obviously, Graham Carey rightly got a, a fair few mm. plaudits, but mm. the, you noticed Ryan Edwards. I think he was your, your man of the match for the game against Portsmouth. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him coming back to some of his best form. Yeah, I, I thought Carey was fantastic from, from his goal onwards. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but I thought over the course of the game, I thought Ryan Edwards did a fantastic job because I didn't think Omar Bogle caused Argyle many problems at all and he's a proper striker yeah and uh, you know if you don't mark him properly and you don't deal with him properly he could have caused a lot of problems and I thought Ryan Edwards did a brilliant job aided by Noel Canavan as well I thought they both had good games but I just saw that Ryan Edwards was was there where you needed him to be made a couple of important blocks in the penalty area um, and, and a continuation of some recent improved performances from him you know um, I think he's 
He's really come on well in the last month or two. Ian Canavan uh, have played a, 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 I don't know how many number games off the top of my head, but you know they're developing a partnership yeah. now, which helps. You've got a settled back four. Um, you've got a set a goalkeeper who's you know is commanding the box and, and making some good saves. I mean, what a fantastic save Carl Leveran made, which conceded the corner from which Portsmouth scored their goal. And you know, if Portsmouth hadn't scored from that situation, that save might have got more of a sort of highlight or a yeah, mention. Yeah. But Carl Leveran made a fantastic save from Roman Curtis's shot just before the corner. So, you know, the, the defence has come together. You know, Carey's. Um, you know, got a fantastic goal. You know, the, yeah, it's really important now. I'll, I'll try and build on this momentum, and it's good as well because it'll take the pressure off Ladapo because he's yes. not scored much recently. So, no, but it's not, but no. no one's really noticing it as much because Argyle as a team are still scoring. Exactly. So. No, the, the, the goal they're, they're getting just enough goals at the moment, aren't they? So because um, if they won, you know, you look at yeah. Ladapo's recent record, and you'll yeah. be probably being quite heavily criticised. Yeah, but. I mean, I think it's one one goal since the two two three three draw with Bradford in December. So. Yeah, his 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 goals have gone down, but I still think he's contributing. Yes, I, I yeah, think he's course. still worth his place in the team with his uh, with his, his running down the channels always gives Argyle an outfall. Um, but it definitely helps take the pressure off him, doesn't it? That these but other I'm sure are if he could get him. a goal now, if he could get a goal at Bradford next Saturday, and uh, you know Carey's just scored and Lemires is on a good run, and you know Sarsavic chipped him with a couple of goals recently. If they've all sort of contributed recently, you know that that would be that'd be great for Argyle. But we talked about Ryan Edwards, so mm-hmm. from one centre back to another, Chris, you spoke to Graham Cochran recently, um, and this is what he had to say. Graham, it's good to catch up with you. Um, we spoke to you on the podcast in the summer uh, when you were in between jobs. And now, as we sit here now, you're the first team manager at Bristol Rovers. It's been a eventful few months for you. Just talk to me about uh, you know what's happened to you since last summer. Um, well, the last time I spoke to you, I was uh, I knew I was uh, I knew I knew where I was uh, where I was going and what I was doing, but I obviously couldn't uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't say. Um, but yeah, I've, I've I've come in at the start of the season to help uh, to help Daryl and, and uh, work work at the club with him. Um, over the last couple of months, it's been eventful. Um, Daryl has obviously uh, and uh, it parted, and the, the the club have asked us to to maybe just fill his shoes, just just to do do a little job. And uh, I don't know, we've uh, we've 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 come in, we've just changed a few things around, and uh, we've we've started picking up some results. So uh, I was lucky enough then to be approached by the club and asked to take the job on f- uh, full time permanent. When you took on in a caretaker capacity, did you think? There was a chance. This is my chance to get the first team manager's job, or did you think it was just going to be a short-term thing? Well, I, I obviously had to think short-term first. First and foremost, uh, I, I had to think short-term, um, no more so than uh, than the next game, which was Sunderland away. Um, I've, I've been. I've made no uh, no secret of the fact that I've studied and uh, I've coached um, throughout me, me me career. I've studied. I've gone abroad and. I've I've gone in at other other football clubs. I get a day off and and I do my missus's head in because I end up in in a Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United clubs like that. Just just watching training sessions. I end up down in academies in evenings. So uh, I I I've done a lot a lot of work over the years. Um, in 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 the background, unseen work a lot of, um, in preparation for uh, for such opportunities. 
but um, yeah, it was it was something I've always wanted to do. It's always it's it's been something I've want I've had the ambition to do as well. I've always wanted to do it. So uh, when the opportunity aro arose, as I said to you, it was a six months ago. I spoke to you on the podcast. I actually thought I had missed the boat to be honest because I thought if uh, I wasn't going to get an opportunity, a at Plymouth a few years back and b at Southend. I did think my opportunities would, uh, would would somewhat narrow. The percentages of getting a job would would be very very slim, but um, I I'm, I suppose I'm fortunate, and I I do think I'm probably the luckiest man in football to be honest to be given the uh, an opportunity at such a such a big club. You've paid your dues. It must be really hard to get that first job. It's it's making that breakthrough, isn't it? Yeah, it's extremely difficult. I, I, I look, I'm not the only one. There's a lot, a lot of good people out there in in in, in the football world that are that are overqualified, that have overachieved, that have that have done all sorts a lot more than me in the game. So yes, that's what I say. I'm I'm extremely lucky. Um, I've been given an opportunity, and I was I'm, I'm as as most most Argyle fans will know. I'm a I'm a determined uh, determined man. I was gonna say bugger. But <laughs> I, I don't think I can say that. You can get away with that. Um, yeah, I'm a, I've, I've got a massive amount of determination and enthusiasm and. And I dare say I may have a little bit of knowledge about the game that I've gathered up over the years. So, uh, yeah, I was I was I was desperate to put all that together and uh, and maybe uh, shoehorn it into uh, into a manager's job and see where I could go with it and see what I could do with it. You've studied a lot. You've you've trained a lot. You've prepared for this job that you're in now. Is it as you expected, or are there differences that you you hadn't appreciated before? Um, well, as as a, as a as a as a player, as a captain, I've captained most clubs all me all my career. Whether whether I wore an armband or not, I, I led dressing rooms, I led I led teams, um, and 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 that didn't that wasn't just with an armband. That that was without an armband. I'm built the way I'm built. I am what I am. Mm. Um, I ain't gonna change now. But yeah, it's um, it's been a lot a lot a lot lot different. It's it's been interesting. Um, it's been a, a vast vast uh, and great experience. And, and long may it continue. There's lots and lots of uh, things that I, I can't do now that I, I, I would do as A, as a coach, B, as a player, and C, as a captain. Um, I think I'm um, well renowned for saying the modern day player is, uh, is, is very, very different to when I was growing up and to when I was, I was learning and cutting my teeth in the game. Um, I don't think they can take a bollocking nowadays. They, they, you certainly can't go head to head with them or face to face with them. Um, it's more of arm around the shoulder and 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 shown an uh, an affectionate side of you, which I think my wife and kids would tell you I don't have to be honest. But uh, I work hard at it. I work hard at it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. I really am enjoying it to yeah. be honest. It's 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 uh, it's been a great experience. And I said from the outset it was it was something I could not say no to. And if if it was to all end tomorrow, I I think it would make me a far better number two or a number three if ever I was to go back to that uh, that 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 road. I would go back down that road. You've had some good results so far. Are you pleased with the way it's gone? Um, we've also had two defeats. <laughs> so I'll always look at the I'll always look at the uh, the defeats and things like that, and what I could have done, what we should have done, and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I am pleased. I'm pleased with the application, the attitude, and the commitment that the players have shown. Um, they they they've worked their socks off. Um, they needed drilling, obviously, with shape and, and, and things like that, and just the discipline side of it. Um, I just needed the, the biggest challenge, as I said, when I come in, when I come in, I force the biggest challenge, and any any manager will probably tell you this. Uh, when you come into a team that's uh, that's beaten up for the last six months, you have to somehow restore confidence. That was the biggest challenge I had: confidence and belief, restoring that. We've managed to do that to a to a to a degree. Uh, we still a little bit of it to go, but um, I I just felt. Players individually, the football club, players, the lot. We were missing chances. We were squandering opportunities, and and 
we needed to tighten that up we needed to, to, to work on that side of things there's a mindset there's a mentality in football as well that needed work on so there was a lot of work we needed to do with the players individually and collectively but uh, I, I hope fingers crossed slowly but surely we're getting there and, and, and we're maybe turning them turning them into the, the, the players that they once were the league table at the bottom of it is extremely tight isn't it there's clubs from I don't know 12th or 13th downwards how do you see the uh, the bottom half of the table at the moment and how it's going to shape out I'm fourth. I'm fourth. We're fourth in the league table. If you, uh, if if you've done your uh, your due diligence, Christopher, mm -hmm. you would know we are where we are. Fourth in the form table. table. Yeah. We're fourth in the league table from when I've taken over. So, that's the only league table I'm looking at, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. And what about uh, Argyle? You'll still be keeping an eye out on them. They they had a slow start to the season, a bit like Rovers, um, but they've won five of their last six games. Any any thoughts on what's happening down at home park? No, not really. To be honest, um, as I say, I'm, I, I listen. I, I'm a, I'm, I don't have to go on tape or go on record as to to to, to uh, show me affections towards towards Argyle. Um, I, I love me time, but uh, I've got a job to do here, and and, and uh, I, I I plan on doing it to the best of my ability. Yes, so it was good to catch up with Graham. Um, I went up to see the uh, Argyle uh, Central League game against Bristol Rovers, uh, and they played it at their training ground and. Uh, Graham Copland's based at the training ground, um, so uh, had a chat with him in his office, as you heard, and um, yeah, I mean, he's always been a good guy, um, guest on the podcast before, as we mentioned, and uh, you know, a man that's um, got Argyle in his heart, I think it's fair to say, I don't think that's an over-exaggeration, we've seen him go to um, away games, you know, I remember him at Doncaster, was it last season or the season before? Sat yeah, in the his, crowd. Sat with his lad in the crowd, with the Argyle fans, and... Um, didn't want to talk too much about Argyle and the, the relegation issues and, and things like that. He's very much focused on his job at Bristol Rovers, which is exactly how it should be. That's but the thing, because it's, it's worth bearing in mind, because some, fa some fans of football might not know that a lot of managers wouldn't speak to an opposition team, mm. regardless of their history, when they're in the same league, mm. battling the same sort of thing. So it was good that he was still willing to come on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it, yeah. I've known Graham from when he signed from for Argyle mm. back in, what was it, 2000? 2000, that was going to scare you, wouldn't it? Yeah, when he came down from Livingston. It's 18 years ago, Chris. So, fuck you, 18 years. <laughs> fuck it. Um, <laughs> I think he's aged better than I have, let's put it like that. Um, but, you know, Cock, uh, Cocko, I, I call him Cock now, you know, is, um, you know, says what he, says what he thinks. Um, I mean, you heard in that interview there that, you know, he's, he's had to adjust his personality, I think, as a manager because Graham, you know, would be in the dressing room as a player and a captain, you know, he wouldn't be afraid to sort of get into somebody's face and, yeah. and have words with them. But you, you heard in the interview there that he said that um, he has to be more of an arm around the shoulder. Modern day footballers are not quite as uh, good at taking, um, you know, criticism, you know. Um, so uh, he, um, he having to sort of adjust his personality to, to become a manager, but he's had a... He's had a great start at Rovers. I think they've had just one defeat um, in in the games he's had. And uh, in the clips I've seen online, his passion's still there. You see, oh, yeah. it, but, uh, especially after games, clapping the fans. And yeah. from what I've read, and mm. admittedly it's only a snippet, mm. but fans have taken to him quite quite well there as well. It, fans are going to like Graham Cochran because his his heart's on there's his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, he's committed. He's passionate. He'll give you you know one hundred percent. 
you know, he, all that he's got, he will give you. And, um, and he really wanted a chance of management, and this is it, he, isn't it? You know, he, he, he was interviewed by Argyle. Um, you know, there was obviously possibility maybe of something happening at South End. It didn't. He's got the job at Bristol Rovers through somebody else's misfortune. Darryl, you know, Daryl Clark takes Graham Cockburn to Bristol Rovers. Daryl Clark then ends up losing his job. Somebody loses, somebody gains. Graham Cockburn's gone in as a caretaker. Could have just been for a few games. He got some good results. And here he is. Um, it's a funny world football because he ended up losing his job at Southend because of Phil Brown, and so that you know he loses a job because of someone else, and then now he's got a job because of someone else losing theirs. It's, it's just the way it works. Yeah, it's just the way football is. You you know, you just have to go with the, the, the roll with the punches, as they would say in boxing. So, but it was good to catch up with him. I also saw uh, uh, Martin Starnes, the former Argyle chief executive, uh, who's now Bristol Rovers' chief executive. I had a chat with him. He was in good form. Another friend of the podcast. And Chris Hargreaves as well, the former Argyle midfielder, is um, part of the coaching staff at Rovers as well. So um, three familiar faces from, from quite a few years ago, uh, certainly in Graham Cochran and um, Chris Hargreaves. And he'll be coming back to Home Park fairly yes, soon. Yes, so Rovers are down at Home Park on March the 23rd, so not too long, so I'm sure Graham will get a great great reception. From Hopefully we'll speak to him before that, because I'm sure it'll be interesting to know his feelings going into yes, that game. very much so. So just very quickly before we end the podcast, then we'll talk about Bradford. That's up next. The mm. game, in my view, Argyle really need to win because mm. I think if they don't, it mm. sort of takes a bit of the gloss off the last two results. Is yeah. that a fair comment? Well, Bradford are right down there. I, I think we're probably everyone in League One is surprised that Bradford are as low down the table as they are. Um, got a fantastic stadium. Um, I don't think you've been to. Have you been to? Go no, I was going to say to you, I've not so, been before. You went twice last year. Yeah, so, so what so do I have to look forward to? Fantastic stadium, big stadium. Um, you know, great setting. Mm-hmm. Um, on paper, they've got some great players. They've got some really good players. And I thought when they played Argyle at Home Park before Christmas, it was a 3-3 draw. It was a cracking game of football. It was two teams going for it. They started to pick up for a bit, but they and, dipped together. And, and they, they did. And I, you know, I don't know too much about what's happened to Bradford since then. Um, but they've not got the results they would have expected or hoped for. Um, and they did have, I saw, a 1-0 home defeat by Fleetwood on Saturday. Didn't sound too inspiring. Fleetwood got an early goal and it sounded as though they held on to their lead fairly comfortably. For the rest of it, I did see Anthony O'Connor, former Argyle player, was playing at centre-back for Bradford in that game. So there's a, an Argyle link there. But um, I always go back to a point away from home. It's never a bad result. But um, yeah, you, you're right. If Argyle could go there, um, get the first goal, um, get Bradford under pressure, mm-hmm. not only... Uh, you know the players feeling under pressure, but the fans maybe getting getting on at them. I think if if Argo can get the first goal, that would be really important this game. Because I think the, a number of the Bradford fans that will go to this game will be thinking, "This is a, we need to win this, otherwise yes. we're in serious trouble." I think yes. that'll be one of those types of games for them because yeah. they're, they're there. But. Mm. You know, if Argyle lose this game, mm. they're still quite close to the relegation zone. Oh, it's, yeah. so, it's so tight. Don't yeah. get me wrong, Argyle have done fantastically. They've got so many other teams dragged down with them mm. now. But there are so many teams still so close, aren't there, to that, those I bottom four? I think they've got four points out of the relegation zone. The good thing is that all those teams below them can't keep winning yeah, all yeah. the time because some of them are going to be playing yeah. each other along the line. So um, the, the points difference is, is only four points. So, yeah, that's not comfortable. But there are a lot of teams, and when you look at the table, probably anyone down from 12th to 23rd is is covered by not that many points. IFC Wimbledon are running the risk of being cut adrift unless they start picking up um, results soon. Yeah. But like I say, I think from like 12th to 23rd, it's like, I don't know, is it 9 or 10 points or something like that? 
it's not a lot and uh, um, you know it's, it's it's very tight down there and like you say you know Argyle need to keep picking up points you know they're you know they've done fantastically well in the last eight games or is it six wins and a no five wins two draws and a defeat yeah so that's 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 a great run of form but they do need to keep it going and Argyle currently just had a look at the table five points out of Bradford if they win that's eight points and that's a good gap to be between that's the a, bottom that's, two that's a nice gap so um It'll be an important game, that's for sure. Yeah. Just before we finish, Chris, we had some very sad news this morning. The death of Gordon Banks, yes. England's World Cup winning goalkeeper. And, and what a player he was. Yeah, well, I hope you're not suggesting that I'm, I'm old enough to remember him. As I a, thought you were reporting. Were you not reporting <laughs> on the World Cup final? No, no, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Um, I, I, I can, as a young kid growing up, um, I can remember collecting the sticker books. And, yeah. and Gordon Banks was coming towards the end of his career. But even as a sort of six, seven-year-old young football fanatic, I was aware that Gordon Banks was something special. And uh, and you think of the clubs that he played for, and he might best associated with Stoke, uh, who were a good side at the team, uh, a good side at the, the time. But he didn't play for one of the the big household names yeah. of English football at that time. He wasn't at a Leeds or a Derby or a Liverpool or a Manchester United. He played for Stoke, and he was a fantastic servant for Stoke. Uh, won a league cup with them I, I saw exactly and um, my memory is probably like a lot of pe people's I mean he won the World Cup um, with England but it's the, the Pelé save in, in 1970 you know an amazing save I mean it's you know, I, I can't imagine there's there's a football fan of any age that probably hasn't seen that mm. save at, at some point whether it is on TV coverage or something or on YouTube or whatever it might be it normally um, comes out in World Cup coverage, doesn't it? Absolutely, it was an amazing save. Uh, you know, a fantastic servant for for his clubs and for England. And uh, and and I never met him, unfortunately. But you know, whenever you saw interviews of him, he seemed like a really genuine, down to earth guy. And you know, let's face it, he won the World Cup with England. Yeah. And there's eleven people that can say the only goalkeeper though, and the only goalkeeper ever to win the World Cup with yeah. England. So what what a fantastic legacy he, he he leaves and what a great guy he seems to have been peter shilton the former argyle manager um you know you saw a tweet from him this morning didn't you Jack? yeah and, yeah you know he described him as his hero didn't he yeah which is no surprise because you would argue that the two best i think gordon, in you know you, there might be some room for slight debate but i i would have thought that gordon banks and peter shilton are england's two greatest goalkeepers so um it was nice that, that Peter Shilton, you know, you know, mentioned that, along with everyone in football. I mean, the the, the social media has just been full of tributes to Gordon Banks. So, um, so you know, rest in peace to him. What a, what a great goalkeeper he was. Yeah, very much so. So, um, thanks for joining us, everyone that's listening, and we'll be back next week, hopefully looking back on a positive result against Bradford. Thanks for listening. For all the latest Argonne news, head to the Plymouth Live website.